This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. back. It's the Now News Panel on AMI. I'm Dave Brown, joined by Michelle McQuig and Joita Gupta. One more topic to discuss, and it's about housing. I kept it to the end, though, because you've heard us talk about housing ad nauseum, so just quick takes on short-term rentals. Governments are taking aim at short-term rentals like Airbnb. BC is following Quebec and Nova Scotia with stricter regulations around short-term rentals. The legislation will permit short-term rentals, I'm saying that word a lot, in homes where the owner is the principal resident but looks to rein in operators of multiple properties. Provincial Housing Minister Ravi Collin explains some more of the policy. Through this legislation, we'll be giving local governments the ability to increase the fines for hosts breaking municipal bylaws rules from $1,000 to $3,000 per infraction per day. We're also making sure people are playing by the rules by making mandatory short-term rental platforms to share their listing data for homes throughout BC. Federal Finance Minister Krisha Freeland also chimed in on the issue. Our government is actively examining what options and tools exist at the federal level to ensure more short-term rentals are made available as long-term rentals, as permanent homes. Joita, only a couple minutes here on the clock, so we've got to be efficient. I've talked till I'm blue in the face about some concerns I have about Airbnbs and short-term rentals flooding the housing market, especially when it comes to things like one-bedroom condos, small condos, uh, or more like dense living, and the number of individuals who own multiple properties. I've been very concerned about this for a long time. So what do you think about governments like Nova Scotia, BC, Quebec stepping in here, Better late than never, or maybe, uh, or maybe just sort of uh, an off-target move. No, it's definitely better late than never. It's put a lot of pr- the 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 way that these services like Airbnb and VRBO are being used right now. I think was maybe not the original intent, uh, where you were supposed to maybe rent out a spare room or rent out your apartment or home if you were away. But we're really seeing a lot of commercial operators, and that's what's taken away supply from both the rental housing or the rental housing market, but and impacted tenants, but also taken away, but also pushed uh, home prices upwards because now as a potential home buyer up against these big corporations trying to snatch up properties to turn into Airbnbs. So it it is an important piece of the puzzle. But I suspect, and this is my cynicism rearing its head, that it's not the only piece, but it's the one that gets the lion's share of the attention because Mm -hmm. there's something flashy about going up against a big corporation. There's a lot more that can be done on the housing file. But I will say that the BC standards are actually very good. They're being referred to as the gold standard. So the rest of the country may have to play a bit of catch up. Oh, that's that's the general analysis. I know you run in these circles, Jada. Yeah, yeah, Michelle, that's what you've been picking up too? That's what I've seen and heard as well, yep. Yeah, because I know Nova Scotia and Quebec did also put out some some similar-ish legislation. Uh, Nova Scotia a few weeks ago, Quebec earlier this year, in the wake of that fire in Old Montreal, where nearly where over a dozen people died because of an unregulated uh, short-term rental. But yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that that so far the feedback has been this good. It has, yeah. The other thing that's interesting, and Joey, to please, uh, as the sort of resident expert on this issue, please 
jump in anytime if I'm going astray here. But uh, the other comparison that's being drawn a lot is to what New York City is trying to do to try mm-hmm. and rein things in. And that's where BC is is being seen as a, as a good example because it struck more of a balance. The The rules that are being brought in in the, some of the other Canadian provinces were largely seen as not effective enough. New York was largely seen as going a bit too far in that they put a lot of, they, they, they greatly restricted things that most properties would then be out of the mix. There was a pretty complex system to get them registered. BC has some components of that plan, but a a few fewer restrictions. And I think that's part of why it's being seen as a gold standard, because it it seems to have threaded the needle best in terms Mm -hmm. of the different regulatory approaches that we're seeing here. So uh, I think that's partially why it's getting the praises that it is. Julia, any concern about the onus that's been put on municipalities here? I think you see that back and forth a little bit in provinces like Ontario and even in Nova Scotia right now. Well, Dave, I mean, municipalities are a creature of the province, right? So I'm not as concerned about the fact that the onus is being put on the municipalities, especially if you look at BC, they do have a provincial enforcement office that's going to be taking this on. And there yes. are exemptions for municipalities that are smaller, primarily resort towns where, you know, they are they are trying to be very nuanced about this. That's worth noting as well. Mm. No, I, I don't have as much concern about this being downloaded to the municipalities that do have responsibility for a lot of bylaw enforcements, you know, whether it's things like noise or apartment standards and things like that that's typically things also handled by the municipality. Um, the, the thing that I would be concerned about is a lack of funding. So, I mean, it's all well and good to talk, but how much money is actually going to get put towards enforcement? You can have the best written policy in the world, but if you don't have the money to back it up and you can't enforce it, well, it doesn't do anyone a lot of good. Yeah, Michelle, any, any thoughts on the municipality side of the conversation? Especially, in fact, uh, when I, one thing I found kind of noteworthy is that BC seems to be trying to take a little bit off the municipalities, not just through that provincial enforcement that Joey had mentioned, which is another big part of this, right? What, what good is any kind of regulation without enforcement? And BC is already putting that in place. Um, but they're also trying to shift the onus onto the platforms themselves to delist uh, properties that don't meet the standards. Uh, raises questions about how effective that's going to be, but they do seem to be trying to take that particular burden off the municipalities. And apparently that can be a really time consuming process um, involving a lot of resources. So they seem to at least have municipalities on their minds as they craft this policy. Um, A lot of details to still to shake out in the wash, but I don't think it's wrong to have municipalities as the primary person involved here. Uh, if that's still what's happening, because yeah. that's frankly where did, where the most of the impact is felt yeah. is at the municipal level. I'm sure I'm sure people in Kelowna don't want people on Vancouver Island uh, telling them how to enforce their bylaws. Yeah, that there, there's probably some sense. <laughs> there's probably some sense to that. Uh, real quick on the way out here, I, I do want to say there is a flip side. Like I don't think short-term rentals are by their nature completely evil. I've had some really good experience, no. especially with renting things like cottages on VRBO. Like that's where I really think there's some merit here where they belong long in the broader market, Chuita, but I do kind of feel like leave cities to hotels. Yes, exactly. I mean, it's well and good for cottage rentals. And I've had a diversity of, of uh, housing. When I was in Marseille, I rented an entire apartment in Marseille. And that whole apartment building, I think, was primarily uh, Airbnbs. And I was thinking to myself, my goodness, this could have all been places where people live. And if we think our housing situation is bad, it's sometimes worth thinking about what the housing crisis is like yeah. in places like Paris yeah. and London. <laughs> yeah, like Michelle, cool, for, cool for cool for the consumer. Uh, maybe not great for the market totally. more broadly. No. Yeah, totally. It, it, it is great for the consumer, and and there's an interesting argument that's been floated too that it can be great for the local economy if it if it's used properly mm-hmm. and reined in. Because if people are coming to explore a city and want to stay cheaply in someone's apartment, they are. They're going to be out and exploring, taking in venues, hitting up restaurants, all that kind of stuff. So there are economic arguments to be made as well. 
but the uh, I think the, the beast we're seeing today is very different than what was initially envisioned, and these measures are an effort to kind of get things back on the original page. Don't know how successful it'll be, but we yeah. shall see. Yeah, the most recent annual report from uh, my particular condo board showed that over 50% of the units in the building were renters, right? And like that's a mm. that's sort of a stunning number. Now, no, obviously those aren't just, those, those aren't just Airbnbs, yeah. right? Like a lot of it is just genuine renters. But yeah, it's it's pretty stunning when you see pretty, those numbers growing. Pretty normal. Yeah, we don't have Airbnbs in our building. Well, we put a ban on it. That's right. Yeah, a few a lot of condo boards have done that too. Okay, that's it. And, uh, you, you actually got me wondering if we've done the same thing because I I know my I'm in a small unit with like 80, 80 units or so, and we know most of each other, and I haven't seen any Airbnb people around. Okay, so we all right. See. I just like it when people bring new dogs because I can play with new dogs in the park. That's right. Nice. Uh, that's it. Totally. Got to get, gotta get out of here. Michelle's gonna be late for work if we don't say goodbye right now. So Joita, have a great weekend. Thank you. You too, Michelle. You enjoy your weekend as well. Talk to you on Sunday, and then talk to you again on Monday morning. Sounds good. Take care, everyone. That's Joita Gupta, the host of The Pulse on AMI-audio. Michelle McQuig is the weekend news editor at the Canadian Press. Coming up after the break, it's the regional news updates. And then Brock Richardson stops by for what's going to be another amazing weekend in the world of sports. So we'll chat about it. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.